and welcome to another punishing edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam Gobeski. I'm your best co-host. Oh, I'm Charlie Wallace. I'm your second best co-host, which you'll have to do, I guess. Oh, you were just you were just going to go for it, huh? You never going to even argue the point. We've got to move on here, right? There's a lot to cover. I don't. I mean, that's true, but I don't know that that's ever stopped us before. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. <laughs> I think I'm the best co-host. Yeah, we're 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 co-best co-hosts. Oh, okay, yeah, evenly best co-hosts. <laughs> Equally so, best, evenly matched. So the introduction as as best co-host wasn't like best Korea. Wait, what is that? I don't know what that is. The country headed by Kim Jong Un. Is that what they call it? That's Best Korea? <laughs> what? You've never heard of it referred to as Best Korea? <laughs> no. No. For, I mean, maybe someone said West Korea, or said Best Korea, and I thought they were saying West Korea. To, to refer to North Korea. North Korea, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Yeah, Best Korea. So which one of us is that? <laughs> Adam, because that's how he introduced it himself. Okay. Best co-host. All right, I guess you just get to be, uh, you get to be a Republic co-host. <laughs> I get to be the South Korea of co-hosts? I guess. Uh, okay. I don't really know, I don't really know what's happening anymore. Uh, this turned from very, uh, combative to very ambivalent on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you to our, uh, regular guest, Doug Gobeski. Oh, not special, huh? Nope, not anymore. Not since you introduced ambivalence to the podcast. <laughs> it was an idyllic wonderland until I showed up. Yep. Now it's a wasteland. <laughs> but yes, Charlie, uh, you were saying we were going to get into something. Yes, I believe this is the fourth episode of our uh, Mary Marvel movie march in which we are reviewing the 1989 movie The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren. So we're... Moving forward in time quite quickly, we started in the nineteen in the nineteen forties and then went to Howard the Duck in the nineteen early nineteen eighties, right? Eighty six. No, okay. eighty six. So like it's, mid. It's only been three years. And then uh, up to nineteen eighty nine. So I have a question. Yes. Are we allowed to do this podcast? Why uh, wouldn't we? In between our last edition of the Mary Marvel Movie March and now, Charlie went and got himself a new podcast dedicated to movies. Right. It's called Cinematic Respect. You should all go onto iTunes and check it out. End plug. Why iTunes? Um, you should all go on to any place that you can, any sort of aggregator where you can download or subscribe to a podcast, including you can stream it directly off the web- website. I, I prefer to download it directly off the website. Well, you can download it directly off the website as well. So are we allowed to do this? Uh... I th- I think we're allowed to do this because I'm not sure that Jessica would be willing to watch this movie. <laughs> okay, so we just have to say blanket. You can't do any Marvel movies until we do them. I think that's fair. Yeah, we've got the exclusive content on this end for any yeah. Marvel movie. We have to draw the lines. I, I think so. The battle lines? The, the bat- demarcation the, lines? The demarcation. Yes. Yeah, between... Between the two Koreas. <laughs> uh, I guess looking at your list, there's not any. I don't think there is. I think there could be. There's a couple DC movies that I'm probably going to claim as well for 10 years in the future when we get to the DC movies. Right. All right. So then as long as we've uh, clearly set up the lines so that we're not stepping on each other's toes. <laughs> not at all. All right. So, yes, we're going to talk about Dolph Lundgren's 89 Punisher, a movie not released 
in American theaters. That's true. And I think Doug was surprised to see that it was uh, Australian produced at the very end of the movie. Yes. I assume that's just because it's cheaper to make in Australia or something. I mean, The Matrix is made in Australia. Was it? I I didn't realize that. Yes. Yes. Well, I assume it's the only place they could uh, build a mile-long stretch of highway. (laughs) I believe that's part of it. Although I don't think that's true for this first Matrix, is it? True, true. However... Doing, having done a little bit of background research ahead of time, in other words, I looked at Wikipedia. It's not the case that it wasn't that it was direct to video because they thought it was terrible. It was released direct to video because the production company New World Pictures or whatever their name was at that point, New World International, uh, was going through Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, so they basically couldn't release things in the United States, oh. as far as I could tell. That makes sense because I know there were a lot of other action movies at the time that were, you know, this quality or even lower quality that made theatrical release. Yeah. You trying to say this was not a great quality movie, Charlie? No, I'm saying that there were a lot of worse <laughs> movies out there. <laughs> so does anyone, is anyone here familiar with The Punisher, like the comic book in any way? A little bit. I'm not familiar with the comic book. I'm familiar with it mostly from, well... I'll admit this is the second time we've actually watched this movie, but also from the, uh, was it the, it was the Daredevil, uh, second mm-hmm. season of Daredevil on Netflix that had the Punisher in it. So I'm familiar with that end yeah. of it as well. And since I'm not familiar with the comics, I don't know which one is actually truer to the the Punisher story. So again, looking at Wikipedia, because <laughs> I, I don't really know much about the Punisher beyond, you know, every so often he would show up in a book I was reading and he would you know, shoot up the place, I guess, but secretly he was a good guy or something. And it didn't show up that often, to be perfectly honest. But based on the Wikipedia, which is surprisingly not detailed for a Wikipedia article, because this is the sort of thing that Wikipedia nerds live for, is just <laughs> detailed summaries of comic book characters. Right. You laugh, but I'm not wrong. No, you're right. That's that's why it's funny. Right, but the the Punisher, Frank Castle's bio is, like, surprisingly limited. Like, it goes into quite a bit of detail about the publication history, but not so much about the character's biography, which usually they get, like, a decent amount of each. So, based on what a little I gleaned from that, in that Frank Castle is a Vietnam War veteran, like a Marine, uh, who came back home and then his wife and kids were killed by a mob hit. And so he decided to go on this crime wave. So the Netflix series I know has the extra story that I guess he's been hit by a bullet, right? That causes him to not be able to feel pain. Yeah. Is that part of the comic book series too? Or is that something that was introduced for the Netflix series? Uh, Wikipedia doesn't say. Yeah, I don't think it says there either. Yeah, it could probably go either way. I'm willing uh, to bet that by in 1989, at least, that was probably not true. It might have been subsequently like something they, they did later. Because looking into the publication history, they did some weird things with the Punisher. Hmm. Like uh, at one point he died and they brought him back as... as Frankencastle? As Frankencastle, <laughs> yes. That's literally <laughs> what they called him. <laughs> uh, there appear to be like a brief moment when his skin color changed and he was black for a few issues, I think. Okay. Like a reboot or something. Well, I think it was so that he could address racism or something. (laughs) 
because you want Marvel's most famous psychopath to be the voice of of unity. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the same company whose first like two or three. No, it's like for a while they were introducing black superheroes whose uh, common thread was that they were all good on skateboards. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Dwayne McDuffie per- or brought this up in a memo describing a team up among all these characters. Uh, since Dwayne McDuffie is black, he you know took particular offense to this. Right. I can imagine. Because yeah. you had characters like Night Thrasher and like Rocket Boy or something <laughs> like that. We're straying far afield from uh, Dolph Lundgren here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the story for the Punisher and this is not very, it's not particularly well fleshed out in his background, right? We see some flashbacks about his family dying in a car explosion, right? But bomb, beyond yeah. that, yeah, car bomb. And we don't get much beyond that. I mean, not that we need much beyond that. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, in the here and now, here in 2017 on uh, 420... <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> obviously we've had a lot more superhero films so i got to admit that i appreciate off the bat a movie that doesn't take a lot of time explaining frank castle's origin to us of just like oh here's 20 minutes of him happy with his family and now they all die it's like nope <laughs> we're just gonna open with him naked with his balls hanging out <laughs> under the <laughs> under the city in the sewers you can totally see his balls by the yeah. way I think because the Skype is so choppy, I missed that frame. Oh, yeah. well. It was the shot so nice they uh, gave it to us twice. <laughs> they gave yeah. it to us at the <laughs> end again. So, yeah, but I appreciated that they didn't dwell on this too much. And we kind of got a quick flashback to go, oh, okay, he's, uh, it's a revenge thing. Okay, got it. Right, that might, might have appeared different to me this time than the first time around. I think the first time around I was like, well, I could actually use a little bit more backstory, but you're right. Now that I've seen so many more superhero movies, it's like, let's just kind of get into the action. And, and that they did. Yeah, and it's not like you need to know more than that, right? Right. It's not like uh, the Punisher, at least is in this movie, is a particularly nuanced character that we need to know more about. I, I enjoy that he starts out by murdering multiple people, then completely leveling the house that they're in. He, <laughs> he really wanted that personal touch. <laughs> wasn't enough to just level the house they're in. Just call yes. that a day. It, it did a good job of setting up the character, showing you that, yeah, this this guy's nuts. Yeah. What more do you and need? I guess, as Adam pointed out, they did show you his nuts. <laughs> and immediately after that scene, we're introduced to Lou Gossett Jr.'s character, who was Frank Castle's ex-partner, right? Jake Berkowitz, yes. Yes. And then the uh, new upstart female cop who wants to become his new partner and has all sorts of insight about who Frank Castle might be or where he... Well, I guess everyone knows who Frank Castle is in this, right? They know he's been murdering Uh, just about everyone. Well, because initially they deny it, right? Like, because they tell Lou Gossett Jr., drop it, right? It's not Frank Castle. Stop bringing this up. But then later they arrest him, so I guess everyone has to know it's... See, he's been leaving all these knives at the crime scene, which I'm touching with my hands and destroying all the fingerprint evidence on. (laughs) And all these bullet casings. Look how many I have. I'll just run them through my palms. (laughs) Yeah. I did notice that uh, the knife that uh, the Punisher had, like, has the skull on it. And that's, like, the only instance of the famous Punisher skull that, like, even vaguely shows up. Like, he's not wearing it on his shirt like he typically does. So just a little allusion to that but for the most part a lot of it's just missing did anyone think uh dolph lundgren looked a little bit like uh edward from 
Twilight <laughs> seeing it this time around? Uh, no. No, okay. Only now that you're mentioning it, I mean, maybe a little, but no. Okay, sort of like the pale face and like dark hair. Expressionless <laughs> face. Yes, exactly. I guess I get the impression that uh, he would not sparkle terribly. <laughs> You sure? Maybe that's why he spent all his time in the sewers. <laughs> hey, guys, can you check your chat windows? Oh, thank you. Just send oh, me a picture. Great. I am not going to put that. I'm not clicking. I'm <laughs> not going to full screen that. <laughs> the thumbnail's good enough. But I got the blog post for you guys now. <laughs> oh. You might have to You might have to strategically crop it. <laughs> picture <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's balls. The bottom 10% of that I'm going to have to cut out for the blog post, but otherwise, that's it. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> You've saved me some work. <laughs> Save as dot 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 <laughs> balls dot PNG. Save as <laughs> Punisher NSFW. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I have to imagine that uh, if you were a comic book fan of the Punisher, I, I don't know that this movie would do it for you. It's kind of the impression I got was so, I mean, some like the bit, like the larger things were the same, right? But like he, he doesn't have the skull on. He's got a number of weapons, but not tons of weapons. He doesn't have like a big band to drive around and he's always on this motorcycle. And plus to me, uh, comic book movies have a certain sort of feel to them generally. Like that's certainly less true now, I think as, We've had more and more movies that have sort of been pushing more and more in different directions. But certain, at least at the time, you know, Batman comes out in 1989 as well. There's all the Superman movies. There was Howard the Duck. They all have this certain sort of feel to them. And The Punisher does not have that feel of like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm a comic book movie, by the way. Like, I'm occasionally going to be whimsical or something. Like, this does not have that feel to it. What about the pun with the guy on the rack? That's not enough whimsy? <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's not comic book whimsy. That's that's 80s action movie whimsy, which is a different genre of whimsy. Right. If you didn't know that this was based on a, off of a comic book, you could easily not be able to tell it at all from the movie, right? You could oh, go yeah. through the whole yeah. thing and not know that it had any comic book relationship whatsoever. So I agree. I think taken on the merits of just being like one of those 80s action movies, it actually holds up better than I expected it to be honestly right i i yes definitely i mean as soon as you stop holding it to the standard of a comic book movie with certain things it has to adhere to it's it, i don't know i had fun yeah i mean it's okay it's not die hard or predator or anything like that right but i think it firmly fits in that like genre of movie like that style where there was like the one-man army sort of you know kind of later rambo movie stuff not so much the first Rambo movie, but like Ram by Rambo three. But uh, can we talk a minute about the uh, the, oh. the bum? Is his sidekick? Oh, sure. Uh, Sh Shake, I think his name is the Thespian. Yes, course. the Thespian, who by the way is played <laughs> by uh, Barry Otto. Uh, where do I know that name from? Uh, you probably don't, but he's Miranda Otto's father. Where do I know that name from? She is Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, she is no man. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, that's that's her dad. Anytime he has more than one line, they rhyme. He starts speaking <laughs> in couplets. I didn't notice that for a while. <laughs> I got about halfway through the movie. I was like, wait a second. 
<laughs> I'm not sure he had enough lines up to that point. Like, well, I guess he did the bar, but you're not paying close attention at that point. But yeah. Yeah, I was wondering why he was begging for money in the bar, but that was because he was trying to gain information, right? I thought it was just uh, he was an alcoholic. Yeah, not clear. Could have been both, I suppose. Well, because then he came out later and started talking to the Punisher and telling him information, which I think because that maybe he, he had just... chasing a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, but I thought he'd gain that information inside the bar. Well, I guess he'd be willing to say anything for a bottle of whiskey, though. But uh, apparently that guy is not... As far as I can tell, he is not a Punisher comic book character, which is a shame because he totally should be. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. He's, that guy should totally be in the comic books as Frank Castle's sometime informant. So as Ben Riley is to Spider-Man? Yeah. Or uh, Weasel is to Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, he was the most colorful character in the movie. The Punisher is kind of like... Uh, maybe sort of mid-level interesting and then the actor and then i guess maybe the main the the head of the yakuza is kind of interesting lady tanaka yes yes yeah oh yeah actually uh i enjoyed her turn as a as a villainess she was also in babylon 5 as a captain i don't actually remember her but and then she has the mute white american daughter is it her adoptive daughter it's her adoptive daughter is she mute I don't think she says anything the whole time. No, I, I think that they actually, when the mob boss guys were discussing the the Yakuza lady, they mentioned that the daughter was mute. Oh, okay. I just must have, must have missed that bit. Which is just, she was a really, I don't know if I want to say interesting character, just sort of unusual character. She's mute and she's American and she's good at fighting. And that's, that seems to be what she's there for. Yep. Maybe, maybe she was actually Australian. That's why she was mute. Couldn't get the American accent down, right? (laughs) We're going to cut all of your lines. (laughs) Yep. The Dave Prowse is uh, Darth Vader. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I guess any 80s or early 90s action movie has to have that, right? Just somebody who's good at fighting and has sort of some quirk or other to come on screen and get killed eventually. Yeah, while not talking. Right, right. Was Joss Whedon involved in this film? I don't believe so. Okay. Maybe he was just inspired by it. Could have been. You know who else was possibly inspired by this movie? J.J. Abrams. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed, but just there is a lot of lens flare in this movie, man. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Doug and I noticed because (laughs) we were watching this uh, on your television screen through Skype which seemed to be automatically adjusting the lighting settings as we were watching. So anytime you had one of those lens flares, it completely blew out my screen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I couldn't see anything for several seconds after those happened. (laughs) A lot of lens flare. One thing I did appreciate about this movie, though, is that it is rated R, and they definitely went for the R rating. Right. Like, this isn't isn't like a soft R. This was, I think, probably for 1989, a pretty hard R rating. Lots of F words, uh, two shots of Dolph Lundgren's balls. <laughs> there were some boobs uh, briefly on screen at one point. Lots of violence, lots of lots of blood and, and shooting and, and uh, people getting obviously hurt. My favorite uh, violent scene of the movie came towards the beginning where he shoots someone with a crossbow and oh. then sets up a zip line with it. <laughs> <laughs> so he pales the guy against what, like a van or something? Yep. 
to stabilize his zip line so he can go down and kill other people. <laughs> I would have preferred that to be at the end of the movie, so I maintained my interest, but I enjoyed that. The end of the movie with him fighting through all the Japanese paper wall stuff I thought was fun. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And it gave him a chance to stab people through the walls that we didn't know were there. <laughs> yeah. And to mow down an entire room of uh, potential samurai warriors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, we could have a fun, intricate scene with all of these guys sword fighting. Nope. <laughs> Just take them out right away. And uh, speaking of, of henchmen, I, uh, I appreciated the the one like lab coded henchman when they're in doing the rack scene who for no reason whatsoever, like it's not explained or mentioned or anything, but he's wearing red high heels. <laughs> That's yeah, gotta that be a cut weird. scene. Yeah. Any deleted scenes on the DVD? Nope. We don't even see that, right? Until Dolph Lundgren and the thespian escape, right? And then turn the tables, literally, I guess, and put him on the rack. And then we see the high heels. So that's just really bizarre. Like, if you had established it earlier that he was wearing high heels for, I don't know, any reason, it might have made sense. But all of a sudden you <laughs> see the high heels. Is this something they did to humiliate him? Is it part of his character? We just don't know. So... Because we ended up watching this in two sessions because your internet crapped out on Tuesday. That's true, yes. I knew that was coming, so I was watching carefully up to that point, and there is one very brief shot where if you look closely, you can see he's just wearing the heels for some reason. Okay, but still, right? It's it's just a character thing. Okay. Maybe he's uh, got a drag race later, and he's just got to get used to the heels. (laughs) Right. There's there are hidden there are hidden depth to this character that we don't know. Well, and he takes his torturing job so seriously that he wears a lab coat. It's a very clinical approach that he has to torturing other human beings. You don't I get blood on your normal clothes. <laughs> oh, he's just a he's a medical doctor. That's what I assume. Yeah, that's what I, I assume that, when I see a white lab probably, coat like that. That probably makes more sense. So that's necessary that she brought him in for that. We better well, get a yeah, real doctor. He, well, you don't want him to die. Only, Okay. Only a real doctor has the skills to keep him alive a really long time before killing him. Oh, that's right. true. He just gets yeah. some Yahoo off the street, and it's just like, oh, shoot, is he dead? Ah, oh, <laughs> shucks. Uh, let me try again. This keeps happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, I just need more practice. So a lot of the Punisher's comic relief comes from him saying very normal things in very stressful situations. I don't think he gets a lot of really <laughs> funny lines, but as the... Uh, Leader of the Yakuza and her adopted daughter walk away. He just says, have a nice day. <laughs> he's he's very polite. He is very polite. <laughs> but that's kind of how uh, the Punisher is played pretty much through the entire thing. As he, he gets to say a couple of funny lines, which are just sort of normal things. And There was some line later about something about a stretch. What was that line? I guess you're going to have to load it up again. Well, we could make it up, right? So they've escaped from the rack. And they've gotten the guy in the lab coat with the high heels. They put him on the rack. Now make up something that has to do with Stretch. Like... I really like Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Was that too I, early for this right? Stretch Armstrong? <laughs> no, Stretch Armstrong is like from the 60s. Oh, man. okay. So yeah, no, that would have worked. Or like, I thought I could get him to talk, but maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, maybe. Yeah, not quite there. We need to punch it up a little bit, but. Does IMDb have have quotes? <laughs> Just the puns on IMDb. Oh, right. He did mention Batman. Wait, oh, what? yeah, he did. When the Yakuza lady 
asked him who sent him, he said Batman. Oh, missed that. There's a there's a lot of f words in the in the quotes <laughs> page, but stretch is not the stretch line is not on there. You should probably add it. I'm not a I'm not an IMDb member. Another thing I noticed related to people's wardrobe was that about half the people in this movie had stripes striped suits. It was very common. Like pinstripes or like well, jail cell stripes. Pinstripes are very thin usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. A lot of just very large striped, very large shouldered suits. Very bold stripes. Yeah, including the the lady who ended up being Luke Gossett Jr.'s partner. She's got this huge shouldered red gray striped suit on. And I just, I just kept noticing that, especially among all the, the henchmen. Oh, see, I didn't notice anything past her hair. <laughs> it was so 80s. Oh, yeah, the sort of short uh, feathered. Kind yes, of. feathered, blonde, 80s hair, yeah. But both the, I guess, New York henchmen and the Yakuza all had striped suits on, very large, boxy striped suits. And I don't know if that was like a comic book-related choice, like to make them look a little bit more cartoony or or what. You should have done your research. Boss. I guess so. What about the mob boss with the crazy checkered suit? It was it was one of the early scenes. It was like the scene where the, uh, the Yakuza lady introduces herself. Yep, it exists. Uh, okay i'm not sure what i'm supposed to say here so i uh, i looked up on google 1980s striped and it automatically autofilled striped suits as one word oh let's look huh. at this Did you get any good hits get some good hits uh i got s- <laughs> i got some bad hits and i got some good hits a lot of uh sort of zoot suit sort of stuff a lot of track suits and bathing suits, <laughs> not quite what I'm looking for. I'll I'll keep going and uh, update you at the end of the episode. It just keeps auto-filling stripe suits. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not having that problem. Are you sure that's not just something you searched for at one point? Oh, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to get deep on the discussion of the plot? Oh, of course. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, what we live for? Not sure if anyone else really got this but you know for for me watching it the main villain being you know japanese and you know a bunch of japanese henchmen and such couldn't help but you know think about how the movie was from 1989 and the 1980s being famously uh, a time of great anxiety about the japanese in the business world so kind of wondering like so with them being the main bad guys here in this movie is it kind of like a you know almost like a propaganda film in that regard oh it could be you know, like you get to see them get theirs. You're right. That's that's very deep. <laughs> but is Doug getting deeper than the screenwriters? That's the important question here. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> oh. I'm assuming they just picked the Yakuza because they know the Yakuza exist. And you're right they're, they're, they We're at a time period where the Japanese or at least the Yakuza can be brought up. And people will vaguely know what's happening, and they can successfully be villains. So it's it's pretty much just like having your bad guys be Islamic terrorists for a modern movie, or a well-spoken British gentleman. No, oh, yes. Um, is there a lot of evil in the the real world from well-spoken British gentlemen these days? I don't know, but if you watch movies and TV, pay attention to how often the villain has a British accent. It's a I mean, lot. Sure. But it's not really a sign of the times. That's just a sign of the laziness. 
typecasting, you know? I mean, I might agree with that. I'm not sure. There are a lot of instances that I can think of off the top of my head of very British-sounding, quote-unquote, villains in real life. But, I mean, Adam is right. I mean, my head immediately goes to... I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but it, you've seen Last Action Hero, nope. like Charles Dance <laughs> in The Last Action Hero or Game of Thrones or anything he's been in. Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Yeah, it's OK. That's probably a better example that people are aware of. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but he's playing a German in Die Hard with a British accent, isn't he? Isn't his name like Hans, Hans or something? Hans Gruber. Yes. But he's got the British accent. That's the more important thing. Yeah. That's how we know he's evil. Somebody was bad at acting. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, <laughs> it's not enough that he be German. Let's wow. give him an English accent. That way we know we're supposed to hate him. Well, he was, he's trying to trick people. Like, <laughs> did people know that he was Hans Gruber immediately, or was it an affected accent, the, the British accent? Well, I think that when he's, quote unquote, undercover, he's affecting an American accent. If yes, I remember. that oh, is true. Yeah. Okay. When he's trying to be deceptive. Yeah. Doug's hot take of Alan Rickman, not a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you doug r.i.p alan rickman jeez <laughs> some people are just monsters that's that's the part of the episode where we uh put words in uh, doug's mouth <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think we can all agree though that if you're ever in a situation where you're holding someone hostage and they need to go to the bathroom you should just let them go to the bathroom there and just deal oh, with yeah. it later <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can just have the chair reupholstered if you have to. Right. Or just buy a new one. I'd rather get chewed out by the boss about the uh, yellow stain in the chair than, uh, I don't know, does this guy die? I think this guy dies, doesn't he? No, I think he just, he just got out. knocked just out. Knocked out. Just knocked okay. out. Okay. Well, and then the boss is dead, so I guess, I don't know, maybe he made the right decision. He just wakes up eventually at the end and runs away, right? He just wakes up. His boss is dead. There's pizza all over the floor. <laughs> just uh, we haven't gotten this far yet, but it just always reminds me of that moment in Iron Man three, where the one henchman surrenders, where he's like, "Honestly, these people are weird. I hate working here." <laughs> <laughs> Doug, did you want to talk about the wardrobe choice for the uh, Japanese crime lady? Yes. Yeah. So. When she's got Dolph Lundgren on the rack, she she does this weird sensual thing, like runs her prosthetic jeweled pointed pinky down his chest, and like they don't they don't really like call attention to it other than visually. But isn't there like a, a y- yakuza thing where they like cut off your pinky? It's like a gang initiation type thing or something. I mean that makes uh, make sense, but that's new to me. So so I think that's why she's got. Like the, the prosthetic pinky tip. Yeah, no, that would make sense. Because I've seen that in other uh, okay. portrayals before. It's, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a form of penance or apology. Oh, okay. You cut off the tip of your left little finger. Was it her left hand or was it her right hand? Uh, if that's the case, that's a nice attention to detail. I suppose so. But for a character we don't really know anything about, I guess this means she's done something wrong that she needed to atone for. At some point in her life, right? Okay, sure. Maybe she felt bad about the, the killing the twin thing. <laughs> it could be. I mean, it could also just be that it kind of looks badass to have that sort of sharp pinky thing teasing him down the middle of his chest or something like that, right? Yeah, but but still, right? That just goes to show that there's just lots of stuff about these characters we don't know about that we should explore <laughs> in spinoff movies and prequels. Hidden layers. 
Yeah. Do you think Dolph Lundgren would come back for a reprisal of this role? Uh, probably. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> What's Dolph Lundgren done lately other than the Expendables? Anything? Dolph Lundgren, who, by the way, is apparently way smarter than I ever gave him credit for. Oh? Yeah, he freaking got a Fulbright scholarship for chemistry. Wow. And then, we got all the C4. It was homemade. And then he chose not. It's, it's something like he decided to not actually go through with it because he was about to get into like acting or showbiz or something. But I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, there has to be somebody like that, right? There's just I mean, if you're an action star, you don't really get a chance to show whether you're smart or not for the most part. You might as well be smart as opposed to dumb, right? Yeah, let's get the record straight. Dolph Lundgren, smart guy. There's a whole section on his Wikipedia about his training and diet. He has a master's degree in chemical engineering. Oh. oh like the hardest engineering. Yeah, you don't get Fulbright scholarships just walking in the door, I mean. But yeah, he did a good job in this. I would, if there was any sort of sequel to it, I actually would watch it. Not just because you have to? Well, yeah, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I'm required to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, going from Howard the Duck to this, I mean, that's quite a step up, I would say. Yeah, yeah. not that America knew that, but... <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> but Australia was on board. That's right. They probably got the uh, licensing for this on the cheap at the time. I imagine it's probably something like they had already set up like distribution deals that they had to honor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There weren't any scenes that, you know, like went on so long that you got bored. There there wasn't any really cringeworthy stuff in there. Yeah. Howard yeah. the Duck. And you. I know that we had it split up into two sessions, but at the end of the second session, I was like, really? That's the end of the movie? I, yeah. It didn't feel really long. It felt like, oh, there's, there could be a little bit more here if they'd wanted to. It is 92 minutes. Okay, well, yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, that's the right amount of time for a silly action movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we all uh, enjoyed this movie more than I think perhaps we were anticipating. Because I, I remember the first time we watched it, I... I guess I don't know what I was expecting, but I seem to recall being not terribly impressed by it. But I think this time I enjoyed it a little more. Yeah. I think in context, when we watched it before, it's probably between several other bad action movies. It might have blended <laughs> in to that whole theme. But now watching it in the context of Marvel movies, you know, it's it's not so bad. It's actually a nice diversion, I guess, from what's going to be the patterns that we're going to start to see coming up. Especially getting into the 2000s. Oh, yeah. so just skipping over uh, Blade. Well, no, we're going to watch that, and I'm going to enjoy that. Okay, okay. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy Blade. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the director, Mark Goldblatt. He, uh, Sounds familiar. He's apparently a huge editor. He's uh, apparently edited okay. a lot of movies. The Terminator, Commando, Rambo 2... So it makes sense that uh, he would be an action director. Yeah. Oh, wow. Charlie, you and I have seen uh, Mark Goldblatt's entire directing over. However you say that word. <laughs> really? He also directed the 1988 film Dead Heat. Oh. Remember wow. Dead Heat? Remind me what, what when that was. I think so. With Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Yeah, where uh, one of them gets murdered, but then gets like resurrected and he's like a zombie or something, but he still fights crime. <laughs> wow, that is tucked way back in my memory, but it's there. I remember what you're talking about now. 
Yeah, it used to be the, the case you could just find all sorts of just like crazy, weird, bad movies on Netflix. I remember we sat down once and watched <laughs> that in Madison for I I don't know why, because you were just like, treat Williams. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said treat Williams in that in that manner before. <laughs> well, in my head, that's uh that's how you said it. More likely I said Joe Piscopo. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Zombies. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Treat Williams is in The Empire Strikes Back. Wow, I'm down the rabbit hole now. He's uh, he's kept really busy. He's got a lot of credits here. Oh my gosh. There's like page a couple of pages of the plot for Dead Heat and I'm going to have to read this. <laughs> and like nothing for Punisher. No. No, it's like a couple of paragraphs <laughs> for the Punisher. Okay. Yeah. Just I think the Punisher omitted certain characters that Charlie had questions about. Like uh Jake's partner, right? His name Sam Leary, according to Wikipedia. Like she's not mentioned in the plot synopsis. I don't think so. Right. I just had to look up her character to make sure that I didn't miss something because she shows up a couple of times and then is gone. Wait, Vincent Price was a dead heat. Yeah, you don't remember that? I remember. Uh, And I remember Frank or uh, Darren McGavin. I'm guessing a whole dad from Christmas Story. Yes. (laughs) What? Uh. Uh. Makes you wish that that had been a uh, a Marvel movie so we could watch that again. <laughs> it's got to be, I'd say, a full, you know, 10% of my brain that's blocked off for that movie that I just promised <laughs> to never open again. And now it's just the floodgates have opened. <laughs> well, time to watch it for your next episode of Cinematic Respect. Oh, no. Ooh, yeah, I can or, or at least that. have at least have Adam suggested as a movie. You can certainly do that, but you two have to be careful <laughs> about, like, there will be an April Fool's episode eventually, so you have to be uh, very selective about what you're going to uh, have for have for that. What? Is Dead Heat what Why? you want to waste it on? <laughs> no, I'm saying there'll be one April Fool's Day episode, which can be whatever movie you want. Do you want it to be Dead Heat? You're going to call my bluff on the April Fool's episode? Is that what it is? Yeah, basically. Well, obviously, I can't participate in that because I've seen it. Oh, I know. That would have to be Jessica talking about it because I'm willing to bet she has not seen Dead Heat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think that would be entertainment in and of itself. Just making her sit down to watch that movie. (laughs) So overall, The Punisher, does it get a pass or a fail? Do, Do the adventures of John Punisher stir something in your soul? Do you feel the need to go out and... Do some revenge killing, or are you left cold and uh, <laughs> and lifeless like his bodies that he leaves um, behind? Um, is that the standard by which all of the movies in this series will be judged, <laughs> such as Howard the Duck? Did no, Howard no, the no, Duck no. make me want to go on a killing spree? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, we'll just do a we'll just do a score out of ten. So for me personally, I enjoyed this movie. It wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it wasn't terrible. So I would probably give this six and a half skulls out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I would give it uh, I give it a solid seven skulls out of ten. It didn't try to be more than it was, right? It didn't delve too far into the mythology of the Punisher uh, in a distracting way. So I liked it. Uh, I give it six skulls out of ten. It would be higher, but it's missing a skull because there's no skull on the T-shirt. <laughs> the skull skull. <laughs> The same That's as fair. Skull skull. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us in our our examination of the 1989 Dolph Lundgren film, The Punisher. And then next on our movie march, the 1990 cinema 
classic Captain America. Oh, yeah. Starring oh. J.D. Salinger's son, Matt. <laughs> Wait, for real? For real. Yep. yep. For real, for real. For real, for real. What did we do when we watched that? We just watched the movie for the heck of watching the movie. We didn't do a podcast on it. Correct. We may have mentioned it in passing, but we did not actually discuss it. Okay. Yeah. You, oh, there you go. You discussed but, the meme you tried to create. Yeah. On the plus <laughs> oh, right. side. Another excuse to use that meme. Yes, let's resurrect that <laughs> meme. The animated GIF is on the uh, website somewhere, so let's use it all opportuni- all opportunities. Yes, so it, it's on the it's on the blog post. So if you need that GIF, just go to the blog. It'll GIF, scroll down. GIF, yes, GIF. <laughs> Choosy developers choose GIF. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we hope to we hope you'll be back for that and. Uh, in conclusion, my name is Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Walsh, and thank you very much to our guest, Doug Gobeski. You're welcome. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> right. See you all in the future, a Captain America-filled future. Which also did not get a theatrical release in America. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> that one I need to dive into. Maybe that one was bad enough. As soon as we're about to go majority non-Captain America with our movies, we're bringing a third <laughs> Captain America episode. <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude to save the president? Not in American theaters, you're not. <laughs> our show thanks for listening we hope you check us out don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com also we're on facebook and twitter so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits you will be entertained possibly wait so you're definitely entertained but only possibly entertained well i don't want to get sued for false advertising National drug test day is tomorrow. Woo. <laughs> uh, quiz quiz. <laughs> I've not heard that before, but yeah. Good. That is that is one pop quiz that you do not want to fail. <laughs> pop quiz, hot shot, pee in this cup. <laughs> I actually had a guy at work uh, get fired because he failed to take the whiz quiz on time. <laughs> wow. Like, when I say pop quiz, I mean, it's like, huh, you have one hour, go. Is it the Seinfeld where Elaine has the poppy seat? So yes. they think she's on opium, so she has to take a second one. But she had re- recently eaten poppy seeds again or something, so she had to get someone else to do it. And then... Yeah, she got Jerry's mother to do it. Oh, yeah. And then she was postmenopausal, and that was enough to cause... Uh, Jay Peterman to say that Elaine could not go on the trip because <laughs> there was something <laughs> wrong with her. <laughs> this has been your Seinfeld recap for the episode. <laughs> yeah, so 420. But anyway. <laughs>